Greetings and salutations to you all. This is Dee Dee Moonflyer. Welcome to Twilight Tonic, your weekly voyage to points distant and parts unknown. We'll discuss all things paranormal, spiritual, weird, and wonderful. So if you're ready, grab your favorite tonic, your best comfy chair, and let's begin. Twilight Tonic, I have some of the most amazing guests, and tonight I have a very unique lady who, as I was scrolling, I saw this book that I cannot wait to read. It's called Women in the Fringe, a groundbreaking women, groundbreaking women in the Paranormal by Denise Agnew, Maria D. Jones, and one of my favorites, Nicole Strickland. But tonight we're talking to Denise, and... This is extraordinary. She's not only an empath psychic medium, she is an author of several other books, and you can find her books on Amazon and other book platforms. She's written romance, she's written thrillers, and her most recent horror, and her most recent book, Women on the Fringe. Denise, how are you tonight? I'm great. How about you? I'm wonderful. Denise, tell me a little bit. When we were talking prior, I find it fascinating that you did not realize or accept your gifts to 2018. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, I I had always kind of been interested in in the paranormal pretty much since I was a little kid. Uh But um, I basically sort of ignored my own abilities and really, you know, acknowledged that everybody else, you know, there's a lot of other people seem to have these abilities and, but I denied my own. Um, And mostly that was a self-esteem thing, a self-worth thing. It wasn't, uh, you know, because I thought, oh, I can't do this. It was just more of, I really shouldn't admit that I can do this. Uh Uh, And so then in 2018, I was taking an uh, intuition course from uh, medium Nicole Stevens, and she had given us an exercise that she didn't tell us what it was about, but she had us uh, do this particular exercise. And when we got done with it, um, she came back to me and she said, do you realize that you've got these mediumship abilities? And I was like, what? You know, I was like, no, because I had spent a lot of time saying, yes, I realize I'm psychic, but I'm not a medium because I thought mediumship looked a particular way. Uh Um, And she was pointing out to me what, what the clues were as far as she was concerned about the the mediumship. Uh, And she had said, you've just gotten through telling me a whole bunch of stuff about something that happened to me and this other person. Um, When we were kids, you've described the complete scene of what was happening, what was going on. And that was the psychic part being able to look into the past and see what had happened to the two girls, but then also gave her some information about people that had passed or on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just kind of set the whole thing from there. And I started taking uh, mediumship classes after that. Oh, wow. And as a child, did you feel 
things? Definitely. Um, I didn't necessarily feel, you know, anything that I could identify at the time as actually being a spirit or a ghost or any of that. Um, I did have some experiences that kind of led me to think, hey, you know, it feels like there's something, a presence or something here in some places that I visited. But again, it wasn't clear cut. I didn't actually see like a physical manifestation of, of a ghost or a spirit. So again, I had no reference point to some of those things that I was feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was also really, really good at a very young age at being able to tell what the adults were feeling, what they were thinking, um, sometimes would point that out to them. And that wasn't always welcome, of course, um, sure. and kind of was shocking to them. But they didn't, they were like, wait a minute, how does this little kid know, you know, this right. stuff, you know, <laughs> but then sometimes what they would do, even if I didn't do that, if I held myself back, sometimes they would just sort of dump information to me. They would just kind of, as if I was kind of this little psychologist for them and they could just tell me stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of been a feature of, of things. I joke around about it now that people have a tendency when they first meet me, sometimes complete strangers will just start telling me Mm. everything. Yeah. And I'll kind of be like, Oh, here it goes. You know, Oh, what do I Mm -hmm. do now? You know, right. Standing (laughs) in line at the grocery store. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. You never know what to say. You just look at them. I've yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. I know your whole life story. I don't know what to say. (laughs) Right. It's, it's, it's really strange. And it, and, you know, that's worked out in some ways very well. Uh, I mean, for me, and usually people, sometimes people who kind of, they didn't know why they were doing it, but Uh then they would say to me, they'd say, wow, I feel so much better talking to you. And then they would walk away. But then, because I didn't know that they were kind of also taking energy for me, uh-huh. uh, that I would always feel like a wet dish rag after that. Cause I, I wasn't shielding myself from it. Mm-hmm. And so it was, a, it was an energy drain. Yeah. I don't think but. some people realize when they do stuff like that, what right. happens, the transition that happens between two people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was totally innocent on their part. They didn't know, you know, they right. had no clue. They, <laughs> Their, their body knew they needed it and you were there. Right. So they're like, yeah, yep. you're like a magnet for them. Yep. <laughs> so what, why and how did this book happen? I mean, that's pretty amazing. I love the name of the book. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. love the idea of the book. Um, I love the idea of honoring women in this field. Yeah. Well, it was actually the brainchild uh, of Marie, Marie D. Jones first, uh, and she brought Nicole onto the, to it as an idea. She wanted to uh, have more than one person in on this project, and Marie and I were already writing screenplays together, mm-hmm. and so uh, Marie said, well, gosh, you know, let's, let's make this even broader and have like three people because it would be, you know, some work to put together, obviously, and so about a couple of years ago, we teamed up to start this whole thing. And so it was really Marie's brainchild. And I'm just kind of on, uh, along the ride for, for this pun that we're doing. Mm-hmm. And, 
And that's how we got it started, though. Wow. And when is the book going to be out? It should be out in March of oh. next year. Oh, I can't wait. That That's too long for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it, it's been a while coming, so we're, we're thrilled that we're finally going to get it out there. Can you tell us just a little bit about what's in the book? Sure, sure, absolutely. Um, what we've done really is we approached women in the field, various different fields, um, including psychics, mediums, uh, paranormal investigators, ufologists, crypto, uh, crypto people, you know, cryptids yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and several other interesting fields, such as women who do uh, tours, ghost tours, mm-hmm. famous ghost tours, that kind of thing. So we've got a little bit of everything in there, uh, essentially. And just having them give from their point of view, uh, because it's essays, essentially, that each of these women is writing, and they are giving you their understanding of, you know, where they came to, to get to this point in their, their life. Um, a lot of them don't certainly don't do their paranormal stuff as a full-time job. Yeah, um, exactly. so, some of them do, some of them do, but so they're giving you basically from, you know, when did they first realize obviously that they had either abilities, if they were psychics or mediums, or how did they get into hunting Bigfoot? How did they get into researching UFOs? Uh, you know, that kind of thing. We also, Nicole and Marie and I also do the same thing. So our essays will also be in there. Then we also have articles that deal with other aspects of the paranormal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we even ha- we have articles in there. Uh, for example, one of them that we wrote has to do with women and intuition. Why do women seem to be more mm-hmm. intuitive or are they actually more intuitive than men are? And if so, why? Perhaps, you know, what are the some of the what are some of the scientific background to that idea? Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's so many different things that we have in the book. And so we're excited about that being together. And it's really, it's really cool because these women are, a lot of them are not necessarily well-known. Um, they are not necessarily TV personalities and it goes to show you that there's a lot more women out there doing these sorts of things than people actually realize. Sure. Yeah. Especially in cryptozoology because you don't hear Mm -hmm. a lot about the women. Right. Doing that kind of work. That's hard work because they're in the woods, they're hiking, they're doing all kinds of things. And people don't realize how much work some of the stuff is. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's it's not something that, um, you know, a lot of times, and I can certainly relate because when I've told people in the past that you know, I like to do ghost hunts, paranormal investigation mm-hmm. that I, that I like, uh, you know, to write horror novels. Uh, a lot of people, women included, just don't get that, that women are interested in these things. Or if they do know that women are interested in these things, they're very critical of it. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> And they're much more accepting that men might want to do that sort of thing mm-hmm. and that they might be interested in doing it. So I think it's really cool just to expose a lot of people to the understanding that there are a lot of women out there that do these things. Right. I, I find it fascinating, even when I tell people what I do, it, particularly sure. women, I either get, I get two, only two responses. They either are really interested mm-hmm. or they look at me like I am a crazy. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I took. 
<laughs> How? Why why would you do that? There's so many right. other things to talk about. And I'm like, yeah, but it's, <laughs> this is more fascinating for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, I, I can completely relate. I totally get what you mean. <laughs> so you as a medium doing mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. and talking to other women that are mediums, that must feel very powerful. Oh, definitely. It definitely is because it took me a little while to figure out uh, back in 2018 when I started studying with mediums. I've I've been fortunate enough to study with some, you know, quite a few people, people like Lisa Williams, Mm -hmm. Anastasia Grace, um, Lauren Robertson, uh, and also actually Charlie Kelly, who's a, he's a, he's a British medium. Mm -hmm. So I've had some courses and, you know, contact with these people. And one thing I finally learned through having these, you know, discussions with these people is that every medium is different. Mm, And that was something that I didn't quite get when I first started it. And I was very um, conforming, you know, trying to conform into some kind of uh, way that I thought mediums were supposed to do things. And Mm -hmm. it it took a little while to get that through my head that that wasn't totally true. (laughs) Right. Right. I think from my experience too, that each, each medium does things very differently. They work very differently and they communicate with the other side very differently. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, it's taken me a while to figure out what, you know, what my best way of doing that is. And for you, what is the best way? Well, the best way for me really is, um, from what I've experienced so far, and I consider myself a baby medium in some sense because mm-hmm. I haven't been doing this for nearly as many years as many other people have. And so I am on a learning process still as far as I'm concerned. Um, and things may change for me over the years, who knows. But really what I do is I spend a lot of time going in my, in my head to a place in Sedona that uh, I have visited many times. And that in my mind is where I meet uh, the spirits of people who wish to communicate with their loved ones here Mm -hmm. on this side. Um, And it's kind of a a strange process, but I think it kind of works with my writer brain because I'm very capable of imagining pretty much anything Mm -hmm. because I'm a writer, a fiction writer. So I'm able to do that and find that an easier way for me to to communicate with them through using that imagination. So you're very visual. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And now do you also communicate with animals as well that have passed to the other side? I am, I am actually, I wouldn't say like if, if they're here, you know, if they're live animals, I don't think that I communicate like a person who's really like a, a dog whisperer or somebody like that or animal whisperer. I don't think I do that particularly well, but I have had dogs come through that want to talk to their owners and they don't actually, I haven't had the experience of them telling me things to say to their owners, but I have mm-hmm. seen them and then been able to say to the person, Hey, I have this particular animal here usually it's been a dog uh, and they look like this and this is what, you know, body, body. And the person will recognize that dog and say, Oh my gosh, that's, 
my dog buddy or whatever. And so they know that the dog is there for them. Gotcha. Um, but I haven't actually gotten any sort of communication the way I understand uh-huh. some people do. Right. I always, I always ask that. I don't know why I'm a, I'm a big animal person as everybody knows. Yeah. That's always yeah, heavy well, on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, and I imagine there's probably quite a few uh, psychics and mediums yeah. who do make contact with animals, but don't necessarily have the ability or maybe just don't know now how to communicate with them in a, in a more personal fashion. And two, I think, I don't know how you feel about this. I always feel like Everybody has a part of them that communicate, can communicate, and can do this kind of work. They just have to develop it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I don't think it's, um, I know that there are people who believe that this is something that is a gift in that they mean that that's something unique. Um, And just from the people that I've been fortunate enough to meet, the the mediums that I've worked with, and then the, the people who are students with me. Uh, in classes, mm-hmm. there are lots of people out there who have no idea what they're capable of. Right. Um, and like you said, I think anybody can actually do this. It's just a matter of degree of you know skill and and also degree of of willingness and wanting to do it. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. And for you, what? How do you start to communicate? What are some exercises or preparation you have for yourself? I'm actually less of a preparation person. Mm -hmm. I used to actually try doing meditations beforehand, um, doing that kind of thing. And I actually found it seemed to, oddly enough, and against kind of what you would think, it sort of inhibited my ability to, to be able to communicate. So what I often do is I do kind of do a very standard uh, closing my eyes, I, you know, where I'm sitting, and I do basically open my chakra, my chakra is my third eye, uh, and allow white light from source to come down uh, through my body. Uh, and that just kind of seems to sort of clear my mind and, and get mm-hmm. me prepared for it. Um, and I generally keep my eyes closed a lot of the time, even when I am, you know, talking to spirit, whoever has passed on, because again, that visual thing, it's easier for me to see mm-hmm. what I've got to see if my eyes are closed. Right. And, and that when I try to open my eyes, it's not that I can't actually communicate with them, but I seem to be able to receive the information better if I keep my eyes closed. So I've kind of stuck with that for the time, <laughs> the time being. I'm open to learning other ways. Uh, and I'm hoping that I can do that, learn some other ways to, to communicate. <laughs> but that has worked really well for me to not prepare too much. Yeah, you're not you're not the only medium I've talked to that does it that way. Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> so I always like to ask because it fascinates me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think people like develop their abilities in different ways. Oh, for certain. And yeah, you know, I grew up with this, so I was really fortunate. Um, oh yeah. My mom was very supportive. She was into Edgar Casey. She was in Course Miracles. Um, mm-hmm. 
she studied a bunch of things. Um, she took me to meditations, the whole nine yards. Great. And it was fascinating yeah. because I, I'm highly dyslexic and I'm very open about it. Mm-hmm. And because I think it's important for people to know um, sure. about dyslexia. But the hilarious mm-hmm. part is, as a child, I think I developed certain things for survival. I can totally relate to that because uh, I actually have a learning disability that I didn't even know there was a name for it or that it was even an, a learning disability until about 10 years ago. Oh, wow. And it's one that almost nobody's heard of. It's called dyscalcula. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. So, and I have had the uh, world's worst math abilities for, <laughs> for, <laughs> for someone. I mean, I basically, when I was 14 years old, they were trying to figure out why I, I couldn't do math or diddly. I was doing mm-hmm. college level English and comprehension. And they're like, oh, you know, tell my mom, hey, this kid, she's really smart. But how come she can't do third grade math? She can be, you know, she can count, but she can't do multiplication tables. Mm -hmm. She can't remember her fractions. She's just a mess. Um, And back then, way back then, they didn't really understand what that was about. Um, And they knew more about dyslexia at that time. Mm -hmm. But math inability, they were just like, we don't know what to do with you. Uh, You know, what you'll just go over there, you know, (laughs) we don't know what to do with you. And then I had a nurse friend who she pointed out to me, she goes, you know what? I think it's this, it's this dyscalculus uh-huh. thing. And so I looked it up and I realized that that was actually a thing and that there were other things underneath that category that made sense for me, that I understood some more things. Yeah. And I think, so I think you're right. Having, having some sort of thing, whether it be dyscalculia or dyslexia, it can help you in that sense, develop something else to compensate. And, you know, as a kid, I knew something was going on and I was found very Mm -hmm. early. I'm Gen X, so that gives my age away. But I was very fortunate (laughs) that a teacher caught me in, what was it, second grade. She caught it because I was sitting behind a student and they were writing and my hand was mimicking them. Oh, and I was, I always danced. I was a dancer for 30 years. So I'd mimic that movement. But I used other things to pick up on people's emotions and to pick up on what people were thinking, not realizing, mm. you know, that's kind of an intrusion. But when I was a child, right. it was for survival purposes because adults were sure. crueler than kids at that time because they didn't understand mm. it. But it was right. caught very early. Good. But it's, Good. it does, some of these abilities, I think, happen for survival purposes. Oh, yeah. So I agree. Say, and, yeah. and it's funny because people mm-hmm. don't realize it has nothing to do with your IQ level. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. And I, I think it's, you know, as time goes on, we'll, you know, continue to learn more and more about these kinds of things because, and it does affect the people. I know it certainly did me. I, I certainly, uh, it was one of a few things that kind of impacted my self-worth and self-esteem. Yes, and uh, maybe I would go between thinking I was a smart kid, you know, being arrogant enough or, or confident enough to think I was a smart kid to thinking I was the dumbest person that lived, you know? So, and mm-hmm. I think that probably happens with a lot of kids that have sure. any kind of learning disability whatsoever. 
And I think they're finding out too with some research, it's really interesting. They're finding that it isn't what they thought it was, that it's actually a different ability that we think differently. Our brains are wired differently. Exactly. And there's a lot of articles in Europe, particularly about this issue. Mm -hmm. And I find it Mm -hmm. really fascinating. And I talk to a lot of people that keep it on the lowdown that are mediums and psychics like yourself Mm -hmm. that have similar, similar issues around that. And I don't even like to call it a learning disability because I think Mm -hmm. it is huge in the creative world. Huge. Oh, it is. It is. It is. You're yeah, right. Like, well, and yeah, when you talk about somebody's brain being wired differently, um, I participated in an article that um, someone wrote for the Novelist Inc., which is a Novelist Incorporated, which is a writer's group of multi-genre authors. Mm-hmm. And this particular person writing it was talking about the whole concept of, you know, do writers have issues with XYZ, the following things. And like you said, a huge number of creative writers and not in fiction mm-hmm. have a lot of similar things going on with their brains. <laughs> oh, Interesting. Just like what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. That's so, so, and there are book authors that have dyslexia. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I, I didn't even realize how many of the authors that I did know until that article who basically were, you know, they were willing to come out and be interviewed about it. And there was more than one that had dyscalculia. There was more than one that was dyslexic. There was more than one that had ADHD. There was more than one that had um, other different uh, things that, the, and I'm going to forget the word for it now. It's speaking of memory. I can't think of the name for, um, it's a word that's basically been spoken about a lot more recently, but I cannot be, for the life of me, think of it. It has to do with kind of that idea that somebody's brain is wired differently. Mm. Um, but I can't think of it. <laughs> That's okay. I, You know, it's weird that I don't even know why I brought it up, but it just seems like I've talked to so many people like yourself that are mm-hmm. mediums and creative artists like yourself. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I even brought it up, but I was like, "That's it's fascinating. <laughs> it's fit. It's fit. Yeah, it's just so fascinating. I'm like, wow. Yeah, learn something new every day, right? (laughs) Yes, exactly. So tell me about, you read Oracle cards to help with your readings. Is that correct? Yes, I do. Um, I offer people basically three different types of readings. If they want just a straight mediumship reading, excuse me, then we can do that. If they want just an Oracle card reading, they're not interested in the mediumship portion. I can do that for them. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I have a a reading I call dive deep, which is really where we spend like 90 minutes. So it's a long reading and we do mediumship together. We do the uh, psychic stuff, um, intuition, any, you know, if they have questions about life situations, that kind of thing. And I use the Oracle cards at the same time. I use two decks, uh, one deck called Wolf Wisdom Oracle deck, which is uh, one that I created. And then I use another deck with that, the combination of the two. So we really kind of just cover mm-hmm. all of the bases in that reading. Now, you cre- now, from what I understand, you created the Wolf Oracle, correct? Wolf Wisdom Oracle, uh-huh. That is so cool. 
Yeah, it was it was a long time coming. It was hard to get there. <laughs> oh, well, anything done right, anything done right takes a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was tough. I almost gave up. No. But uh, yeah, but yeah, it's it's fun. I've enjoyed it. I like having the cards that I can use and to to give people any kind of clarity, really, because sometimes mm-hmm. when I do the mediumship reading, there might be something that the cards can then be added to that. And it gives people a little more clarity on what perhaps the spirit was trying to say to them. Uh, that wasn't necessarily 100% clear to me at the moment. Mm-hmm. And we, we pull the cards and it just sort of illuminates a lot more things for us. Interesting. Now are these cards, can people purchase these cards? The wolf wisdom cards can. Yes. Um, oh people would want to go to my website. The uh, I have two websites. The writer's website is separate from, the mediumship site and uh, the mediumship site is um, God. All of a sudden, I forgot my own webpage. <laughs> Hold on, oh. I got it. I got it. Hold on. I'll Have you got it? Because my brain just took a dive there. Yeah, my my writing site is deniseagnew.com, and Ag, I think it's Agnew Creative Medium is it is my, Denise uh, Agnew. Is it? It's Denise A Agnew Medium and Creative Coach. Yeah. And, and on that website, I do have a little place where people can click on the link and see the car, you know, see the front of the card so they can see what it looks like. And then if they decide they want to purchase a deck, it takes them to another place where, where they do sell a lot of cards. Yeah. And then if, let's see, if they want to get there, it's Agnew, A-G-N-E-W-C-R- E A T I V E M E D I U M dot com. Agnew Creative Medium dot com. Yep. Boy, that was long. I should have just said it, right? Oh, yeah. You got it. I I didn't make it easy, I don't think, for (laughs) him. No, you did. Absolutely. Yeah. So, with, with that being said, and you do the long readings with the cards. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you turn it off during the day? I like to ask mediums this because it seems mm-hmm. like a lot of times when they don't have it under control, it's kind of like being an open telephone. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think what's interesting is, I, and I don't know if this is because I was shut off to the mediumship, you know, until 2018, essentially, and knowing that that was something I could do, um, I'm very rarely intruded upon you know, by spirit, uh, in terms of, you know, I can leave a, me- a, a reading with someone and that's it. It like, mm-hmm. it's off. It's not, I'm not wandering around during the day talking to spirits all over or anything like that. Um, now I have sometimes realized that something that I heard, you know, and something like that, or something that I was feeling was related to that. You know, I might go like, when I lived in Britain, for example, I, and this was way before I knew about my mediumship abilities, I can now look back and recognize that I was being open at that moment to spirit and something was happening that they were trying to communicate with me, but I didn't know that that's what was happening. Um, And now if something like that does happen, it doesn't intrude upon me enough to where it's going to disrupt anything that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I can always say in my head to them, you know, that I'm not doing that now or whatever, or I could respond to them, 
if I wanted to, but it's not actually interfering in any great way with my everyday. Um, as far as the psychic things, I'm much more likely to be intruded upon psychically by something or just picking up uh, empathically mm-hmm. things that are going on with people or going into, like, if I go, if I know I'm going shopping at a Walmart <laughs> or a mall or I'm going into a movie theater or something like that, I make sure I do my best to shield up right. because if I go into those environments, and that I was like this as a child. I hated going to the mall. I would resist going to it. My mom would be like, what's the matter with you? And I'm like, no, no, I don't want to go in. I don't want to go in. Because I'd go in there and I'd get all the things. Right. It would just be like people's junk is, you know, stuff is coming at me from every direction. And I'm sure if back then it had been a thing to take kids to you know, be analyzed for things, they would have said, wow, this little girl, she's really, you know, she's weird. Uh, you know, <laughs> what kind of pills can we give her, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What kids don't want to go to the mall, right? So, yeah. So it, it, I'm much more likely to be, if I'm going to like suddenly get overwhelmed by something, by something like that, not necessarily by, by any spirit. And they don't wake you up in the middle of the night or anything like that? No. No, they don't. No. You're one lucky medium. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think, again, it might be, you know, especially, and I'm just a theory I'm throwing out here. I have no basis for any of this. But I think maybe people who have, who were communicating with spirits at a very young age and were maybe aware of it, or Mm -hmm. maybe they thought it was imaginary friends or whatever it was. I'm not sure, but it makes me wonder if those people, perhaps they do get intruded upon more because it it was happening in a much more heavy way at a very young age than it was for me. And and if it did, it sounds like your abilities waved a different way, more maybe empathic and psychic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That was, that's more of a strength for me and the mediumship. Um, you know, again, I, I believe that I'm improving on that, uh, every day and trying to, to get deeper into it because again, it's something that I only realized in a, you know, very short time ago. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Yep. Now, how do you feel about crowds now? Do you have that more under control? Oh, definitely. Definitely. You know, I can, uh, I tease my husband because he really doesn't like going into those places either. And <laughs> he, de- he, doesn't con- he doesn't consider himself to be empathic or, you know, anything like that. Um, you know, I think he is, but he, he's not. <laughs> he's not, really, <laughs> he's not having it. <laughs> he's not really. Yeah. I mean, he ex- he accepts that in me, but he's not really that interested, nearly as interested in that kind of stuff as I am. Um, and so I'll just tease him and I say, you know, we're going into Walmart and I'll say, if we're going to go or go any place like that, you know, any, any place has a lot of people, a lot of crazy, a lot of noise, a lot of whatever I'll say, okay, shields up, mm-hmm. you know, because, um, and we'll even tease each other. Like there was one time we were going into a Safeway one time. And when I was in there, I just was getting all these weird feelings like people, okay, people are really twitchy. They're really anxious. They're really, it just feels off. It just feels really weird in there. And I was thinking mm-hmm. this to myself that it was feeling really weird. 
And we walked out of the grocery store with our bag of groceries. And he looked at me and he said, was that really weird? It's really weird in there, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah. And we didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. But whatever it was, energetically, we were both picking up that things were just off for people. Wow. And so it isn't that, you know, I will not get information when I go into these places, but I'm not as likely as I was when I was a little kid to feel like, like, oh my gosh, it's all coming in and it's all coming in full, like a, like a hose, you know, like a fire hose. Right. Um, a good example of kind of how it used to be for me as a kid and how it can be for me if I don't control it is a scene in, in a movie that I don't know if a lot of people have seen this movie, but it's the Sherlock Holmes movies that have Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. In them. Yeah. And then, and yeah, that's a great movie. I but, know. I love it. <laughs> but in the first movie, if you remember, there's a scene where he's sitting there eating in this fancy restaurant by himself, where he's waiting for Watson and his Watson's fiance to come into the restaurant. And all of a sudden he, is getting all of this loud noise and he's getting this information and he's like, it's like in his face, it's like, you know, like that. Uh And the first time I saw that scene, I was like, Oh my God, somebody just wrote me. Uh, (laughs) Somebody has felt that. Yeah. And you know, maybe the screenwriter did, maybe the director, who knows? I don't know. But it was like, I was like, wait a minute. That's, that's what it used to be like when I was a kid. And again, sometimes can be if I, I'm not paying attention, you know, Mm -hmm. to keeping it away. But that's a good example. Yeah. It almost feels like you're trapped in a bottle with a bunch of emotions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's it's crazy. And it feels like if you're not careful, your mood would totally be altered. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And and I, you know, I think I wanted to, uh, you know, younger person who didn't realize what was going on. Um, it just wasn't fun you know, to go into a room with a bunch of people who you could feel all their stuff. Yeah. Uh, because then you felt like you had to navigate around all their stuff. Yeah. Like walking <laughs> on eggshells. Is that what it felt like? Kind of like walking on eggshells or just, um, having my mood changed yeah. by what they were feeling and not basically just being an open, you know, an open vessel for all of their junk to come, mm. to come in. And, and that could be another reason to why some of them approached me and were like, Oh, I can talk to this person. Mm-hmm. I can talk to her. I can tell her all the things, you know, and that was probably what they were picking up and they didn't even realize it. Right. And I think, Sometimes I think empaths can get sick when people do that. Yeah. And yeah. people don't realize yeah. when you lean on an empath, it's exhausting. Right. It can be. Definitely. And and I'm working on that as well because um, you know, I'm not perfect at at keeping that stuff away. Um, you know, I envy empaths who've got it one hundred percent nailed. You know, they mm-hmm. can shut that stuff off. Um, and I can a lot more, like I said, I'm very appreciative of the fact that I'm not like I was when I was a little kid that way, but, um, but yeah, I have more to learn. So it's, it's good. The cool thing about, I think anything spiritual, it's a lifetime journey. 
That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Like you can never yeah. soak enough up. Yeah, that's true. Well, and I always wish that sometimes I had known when I was younger what some of that stuff yeah. was that was going on. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think life gets really busy, especially with what you do, being a creative and always creating something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like your life is never stopping. If you have that on your mind, it's got to get written down. It's It kind of takes over. Yeah, it can. That's for sure. And spirit yeah. has a way of like knocking you over if you don't listen. Yeah, that's for sure too. Is that what yeah, happened definitely. to you in 2018? Did it kind of knock on your door? You know, it's interesting. Well, as I mentioned before, I was taking the intuition course. So I just thought, mm-hmm. hey, and I'm always interested in in honing that, that old intuition and all of that. And yeah, I do think it was a very astounding thing. It was kind of like having something that you sort of kind of knew, but you mm-hmm. kind of sort of didn't. Right. So right. you were saying, I was, I was like saying, Oh no, I'm not a medium. I would even say that to people. They wouldn't even ask me. They'd be like, Oh, are you, are you a psychic? And, or, you know, are you whatever? And I'd be like, yeah, I, I think I have psychic abilities, but I'm not a medium. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and so I was like trying to push that away because I didn't want them to think that for whatever reason. And then took the class and Nicole's like, yeah, you are, you know, how did you, you know, she didn't say, how did you not know this? Cause I think she, she realized that there's a lot of people that mm-hmm. don't know that about themselves. Um, so it was like being hit over the head with something. Cause it's like, here's your evidence. Now you can, you can stop saying that, that you're not a medium. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, okay. <laughs> I'm going yeah. to go ahead and call myself a medium because that's what I'm supposed to do, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah. And I have a very, part of my mind's very analytical and the other part isn't. And maybe it comes from my dad who, he was a cop. Mm-hmm. So there's always that skeptical bit that's like, you know, prove it to me, prove it to me. Right. Give me the evidence. Give me the evidence. Um, so I had to have, you know, somebody take a hammer and hit me over the head with it. Do you know, I've interviewed a lot of people <laughs> that were cops that are involved with this. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they, they, they obviously for a lot of reasons are going to keep that under wraps for the most part. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm sure there are tons of cops running around that have tremendous psychic ability. um, But they're always just putting it off to, you know, I, I have a lot of experience and yada, yada. And, Mm -hmm. That may be true, but I bet a lot of it is more than that. Yeah, it's really fascinating. Several cops have been on here that have retired. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they have all these experiences. Yeah. Or they just have yeah. a knowing, which is really interesting. And right. it just threw them in a thrust of either mediumship, psychic ability, or paranormal investigating. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how you feel about paranormal investigating. I mean, obviously, TV is TV. We all know that. Sure. You know? Absolutely. But I think most people do investigations. The real investigators do investigations because they've either had experiences and they just want to know. Oh, yeah. They don't want to hurt anybody. They don't want to be movie stars. They just yeah. want to know why, what happened, why did I see this? Is it going to happen again? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. And I mean, spending a lot of time as a little kid being interested in all the spooky stuff. I mean, I was reading <laughs> books that my mother, my mother was great. She let me read anything I wanted. She let me read stuff on TV that other kids were not allowed to read <laughs> or me mm. watch, you know, so she was very open about that sort of thing. And she didn't talk a lot about paranormal things or whatever, but eventually she started talking to me about some things that happened to her um, that she thought was weird. And, and she believed in like psychic stuff and, and mm -hmm. things like that. But what it gave me, I think was an early foundation to be interested in those sorts of things. And even though I was interested in them, I didn't have a lot of people that I revealed that to because it just wasn't looked at the way it is now. Oh, definitely not. Uh -uh. Yeah. It was funny because I remember as a kid, you know, that was so open in my house. Mm -hmm. Like by the time I went to school, I didn't understand why it wasn't normal. <laughs> oh yeah. It's like an, it's an advantage. You know, I'm sure you felt it was an advantage that, was great to have in a sense, but like you said, if other people kind of look at you, if you're, you know, you're a nut or something, sure, yeah. then yeah. And so I kept a lot of that stuff to myself. And, you know, as far as the paranormal investigation, um, I think a lot of people are very hard and harsh about the people that are on television and there's that, but like you said, it's TV and there's a separation to me between what, mm -hmm. what they do there uh, but I do think there are some investigators on television that are genuine oh, people. Absolutely. And I think what, yeah. what some people don't understand, that opened a doorway for people to be more open. Oh, yeah. And absolutely. with that openness comes acceptance. And with acceptance, acceptance comes more education. Yeah. Which it's is great. exciting. Yeah. It is for sure. And I mean, you know, I soak up watching spooky stuff on Discovery Plus like the next the next person does. <laughs> What's your favorite? Oh gosh, you know what? I don't I don't know that I have a favorite. I've always liked the Dead Files. Ah, uh, um, yeah. I like the one with Amy Bruni and uh I do too. Oh gosh, I forgot his name all of a sudden. Um oh, I can't even think of the name of the program. I like that one. Um there's several. Yeah, mine is the but Dead Files. I'm with you. I love, I love the Dead yeah. Files. Yeah, that was always, that's always fun. Yeah, that's my so. favorite. And of course, all the Bigfoot ones. Yeah. If that's on, my husband's in front of the TV. He just loves Bigfoot. Oh. <laughs> what is it? Um, oh, gosh, I can't, now I can't remember the name. <laughs> if there's a Bigfoot yeah. show on, I guarantee my husband's in front of the TV like, oh. Bigfoot. I'm like, uh, yeah. you need to go on yeah. an investigation with one of the Bigfoot guys. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Right. And I would actually like to do par more, par ugh, more paranormal investigation than I've been able to. I'm with a, a team, but we live out here in the boonies in Arizona <laughs> and there's not nearly as many places to investigate. So, Are you in Arizona? Oh, I would love to see Arizona. I bet it's beautiful at night. It's, um, it depends on where you're at, you know, I mm -hmm. mean, I have a lot of people like different kinds of terrain. I grew up in, in Colorado, which, you know, in a lot of ways is significantly different depending on where you are at. And I'm in an area that's called high desert. So it's a little cooler. It's a little higher altitude. Um, but yeah, here there's, you can see a lot more stars and it's a lot more open. 
Um, do you ever do investigating for UFO phenomena? We have not. We have not done that. No, we've done. Yeah, we've done a lot of. We've done some stuff uh, in Bisbee. We've mm-hmm. done um, a few other uh, things in this area, but it's kind of like again, there's not as many things to investigate. So, right. can I ask you what group you're with, Denise? Sure, it's called SOS Paranormal. Oh, fun. Yeah, and there's three of us, three of us. Well, it'll be four. We just added a fourth person. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize mm-hmm. that. Now, is this yeah. male and female or all women? All women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> four, four ladies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're skeptical believers. We have a variety. Um, one of the other members who's actually in our book, Leslie Palm, is also a medium. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have, you know. We kind of look at things from both angles, a little skepticism, a little sure. um, this, that, and the other. But I think you have to have a little bit of skeptic in you to yeah, do Yeah, I think anything. that's probably the best thing. Yeah, I really do think that's important. Yeah, I do too. Even if you have abilities, I think, I think that keeps anyone that has them in check a little bit. It does. Yeah. Um, I think our number one thing is not everything is a demon. Um, right. You know, we have, that's something that on TV has been hyped so much that people are, I think, anything that they don't understand, um, anything that scares them, mm-hmm. they automatically go to to either the dark uh, side of, you know, thinking that it's something that's out to harm them. Uh, it's it's a demon if you believe in demons, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Um, and they don't really know what it is. And that causes a problem in itself because they make a lot of assumptions about what it is that's going on in their house or in the business or whatever it is you're investigating. And I think it's really fascinating because I've talked to um, a couple demonologists. They say that demons are very rare. Mm-hmm extremely rare and they don't like dealing with them if they run across <laughs> them obviously right um but yeah. sometimes it's just an angry out of body person it it is and our our little group we uh, also believe in elemental um, <laughs> oh yeah so so that is yeah that's something that a lot of people don't know about they don't understand that um but, you know, we've done the investigations that we've done more than one has been for, you know, businesses, um, things like that. And, and they seem to those people that we've dealt with in a business situation, they seem a little bit more, um, you know, they don't automatically go necessarily to something dark. They seem to be a little bit more of, OK, what's what is this? We're just curious about this. They may not be frightened by it, but they just are like we want to know what the heck's going on in here, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Why stuff moving in the middle of the night and my alarm's going off? <laughs> yeah. I want to sleep. <laughs> right. Please yeah. just sleep once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so a lot of people don't realize how elementals can be very destructive. They can mm-hmm. be very bothersome. Can yeah. you talk a little bit about them? Well, in my I want to say limited knowledge because I think it's something that I think almost no one understands as fully as they think they do. 
Um, and a lot of it, of course, it can be religiously based. You know, if uh, if you believe in you know different paganism, different religions, mm-hmm. things of that nature that might believe in elementals, um, you can have a lot of different opinions about what those are and what they might be called. And you know, are they elements in terms of you know earth, air, fire, water, that kind of a thing, and spirit. And so you can go off in so many directions with right. that. Um, as far as destructive, I think a lot of times, if you even look at it from, and I'm, I'm certainly not speaking for Native Americans, but what I've noticed with the Native American people that I do know, um, if they themselves believe from the point of view of their, their uh, particular tribe that they belong to, they look at it the people that I know look at it in terms of showing respect to the elements and showing respect to whatever may be there in such a way as to not, not create havoc um, and to actually be, what sort am I looking for? Kind of, kind of showing that you're not horning in on their space. Respect. Necessarily. Right. Like there was someone that I had done a reading for, um, who was in Canada and she, they were kind of having some weird things going on with their house. It was nothing really alarming or anything like that, but it was just mm-hmm. kind of bizarre because they've never had those kind of problems before in any other home. And I just picked up that it had something to do with the lands they were on. I said, do you know, if, you know, this is kind of a no brainer in a sense, but I said, is the land you're on really close to first nations tribe? You know, is there a first nations tribe close to, where you live. And she goes, Oh yeah, you know, we're practically right on top of a particular first nations tribe. And I said, you know, what I would do is go see if you can make contact with someone in that tribe, if they will talk to you about this sort of thing, because not everybody will and get their advice on the property that you're on. See if a shaman will come in and do something to help you communicate with anything that might be there. So you have someone who's there and do that sort of thing. And I said, but what you can start off with is to make some kind of offering Mm -hmm. on, in your backyard, you know, (laughs) essentially, and just say out loud, you know, we're not here to disrespect you, um, you know, and please help us to understand what it is that you're, you're trying to communicate what, what you're trying to do, you know, what you want us to do. And she said that a lot of it cleared up right after they did that. But then she was also going to look for someone in that particular uh, First Nations people to see if they could give her more advice. Interesting. Yeah. So I knew that I didn't know enough about what might be going on there in an elemental sort of way. And so I'm just telling her to show respect and then get the expert who really does know what's going on there. Wow. And that makes sense. Yeah. You know, to, yeah. And some people also, I wonder how much of that kind of blends into the Fae. Yeah. It's, it's, it's impossible to say really. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, there's so many different things. Like if I, uh, if I lived in Ireland or I lived, you know, somewhere in Britain still, that would definitely be something that, would be interesting because I know there are a lot of people in Ireland who do believe in the fairies and they will not 
you know, interfere with that sort of thing. They'll stay away from certain places that are supposed to have fairies, leprechauns, mm-hmm. you know, that oh, whole yeah. kind of, of thing. Um, and so I think wherever you go, whoever you are, medium, psychic or whatever, I think it behooves a person to understand that maybe they don't always know, even know that a medium and the psychic, what exactly is going on if they're not an expert in that particular thing. Right. And to try to get more information from people who really do and, and try to get that help from those people. Absolutely. Yeah. So what is next for you? I know this book will be coming out in March, but what's next Mm -hmm. for you? Well, um, Maria and I have a book coming out next year as well. It's a nonfiction book that's called Everyday Magic. And that's a nonfiction also. Mm -hmm. And we don't know exactly uh, when the publisher is going to have that out in 2024 yet, but we know (laughs) it's going to be out. So there's that. Um, We keep ourselves out of trouble by writing screenplays whenever we can and pitching those. And um, hopefully we have a thriller movie that was made in 2021. And we're hoping that that will soon uh, have a streamer or someone who will have that on so people will be able to watch it. What is it? What is it? (laughs) It's called House of Lies. Uh And it is a thriller that we wrote. That's awesome. Yeah, and um, it has a trailer out out there. It's a little hard to find. You have to type in House of Lies um, movie trailer mm-hmm. in order to find it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and it's not to be confused with a series called House of Lies. This is a, just a regular movie. But um, so that's out. We're hoping that'll be out soon. That will be great if it is. Um, I'll just keep writing like crazy. That's my plan. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of respect for you. I think that's just so oh. awesome. Oh, thank you. Like, Keeps me out of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if us creative people do not keep working, we can get in a lot of trouble. That's right. Our creativity yeah, will go a, a school, a, a school. A, what am I trying to say? <laughs> a, a skew? Yes. <laughs> See, it will go, we're having trouble talking here. That's I know, right? It will go amok. And there you go. We'll just get in all kinds of problems and trouble if we don't, you know, create right. constantly. Right. Well, Denise, For it sure. has been so awesome talking to you. Well, I really appreciate you asking me. This has been great. I appreciate you listening to me go on and on about this stuff. It's not every day I get to do that. I love it. <laughs> I, I just love talking to, to women about this. It's so cool. And maybe Fantastic. maybe in November, maybe I could have all three of you on here. That would be great. I just would love let that. us know. I will talk yeah, to Nicole about that. Yeah, it would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, please, please do. Snag her and... and because I know she's, you know, trying to coordinate every, all three of us could be fun, but I know we would do it certainly to talk about the book. It'd be great. Yeah. Well, you know, those, that Zoom is really convenient. It is. Love Zoom. I know. Uh, yeah, we, yeah. I can't sit here with my eyes closed though when I'm doing Zoom, but you know. <laughs> I use, well, lucky, <laughs> lucky for my show, it's audio. So you can use audio Zoom so you can be in your jammies. <gasps> Okay, well, that would be even more fun. Jammies would be good. Yeah, I only have one show I do live for Todd Bates, and 
I have to draw my mm-hmm. eyebrows on. I don't want to do that twice a week. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Oh, that's no. that's a chore, man. Yeah, yeah definitely. I put <laughs> lipstick on, put, make sure the makeup's on. Yeah, I that know. kind of thing. I, I come home yeah. and I'm like, oh, I got to draw the eyebrows on. <laughs> but I love that's interviewing great. people. It's so fascinating. Well, you, you're very good at it. I really appreciate oh, all the different kinds of questions that you've asked and and uh, made me think about stuff I hadn't thought about. So this is good. Well, you be thinking because I'm going to make sure you and Nicole and is it Maria? M- Marie? Marie? Marie D. Jones. Yeah, Marie. Yeah. She's been on a, a bajillion podcasts. So well, see, she, that's great because now I can have all three of you on. You guys can just talk about the book and promote, promote it. That'll work for us. All right. I'm looking forward to right. it. And how do people get a hold of you, Denise? Well, if they want to read about uh, my books, they can go to deniseagnew.com. That's a good place to read about the different books I have out currently. And um, they can also, there is a link from there to go to my mediumship page. But if they just want to look at mediumship or maybe get a reading set up, they can go to the agnewcreativemedium.com that we were talking about earlier. And they can find me there. Awesome. I hope I talk to you in November. That would be great. I appreciate it so much. And thank you for having me. Thank you. Have a good night, Denise. I appreciate you. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye.